0: Gulp of Mexico. So cheers. <laughs> ah, so 7 p.m. live from the dirt bike test shop or garage. This is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number nine. I'm here with uh, Mark Kalpkoff, who was in Vegas attending a tech seminar. Tech seminar, the NAB show, content
1: creation.
0: Yeah, so that sounds um, interesting, I guess, to say yeah. the least.
1: Uh, trade shows are all the same, you know, you walk and then you're walking into fart bombs and, <laughs> you know, and then guys sleeping on the floor because they're tired. And
0: Yeah, so we are going to talk about motorcycles and motorcycle-related products. We are going to answer the questions that you um, come up with. Uh, I can answer 9 out of 10 questions without referring to a reference manual. And I'm possibly a little cranky because it was so windy outside, I didn't go riding. And that makes me cranky. So um, I had my tacos. Uh, Mitch and uh, George were kind enough to bring us our tacos today. So we will um, start uh, out here by uh, kind of running through and see what we're doing on our uh, questions in here. Let's see. Does octane equal horsepower? Um, not necessarily. Um um, bad octane equals bad problems with your gas but uh i don't i don't know it it i just run pump gas all the time i'm a poor person you can there there's there's definitely gas that can give you more power um, like ox, P, like pmex or, or oxygenated gas there's all kind you know good oxygen there's all kinds of. Stuff. i don't know the answer to that question so first first question out of the gate and today i'm uh i'm stumped i i've never really been a big fan of of you know, running special gases and stuff. Um because a lot of times places where I was racing, it was the fuel you couldn't get that all the time or it was inconsistent. And I just prefer to set my bikes up to run on what's easily available to get. And so that's what I generally use. Um let's see. Jameson shared my show. Thank you. Um Mark made me buy two Honda XR six fifties. (laughs) Jesse, I'm sorry about that. Um, Johnny Campbell made me buy a lot of XR 650s. So uh, we're in good company, I guess. Can
1: I, can I ask a question real quick? Sure. Because um, this is <laughs> my followers know that this really annoys me. Is this name for them is called like, they, there's people that call them the Big Red Pigs. And I absolutely can't which, stand Which they it. are? <laughs> they are. But when you grow up on the West Coast and Johnny Campbell wins multiple championships on a 650, It's called the Dominator, and (laughs) the BRP, the Big Pig. Pigs don't win championships, right? Well, so
0: I mean, and and everything's relative. I mean, I ride around in a KTM 1090, and compared to uh, an XR 650, my KTM 1090 is a big pig. And then I have a BMW GS sitting right over there, and compared to my KTM 1090, that GS is a big pig. So it's all relative. Um, uh, But you know, it's just—I mean, people like to lob bombs at you all the time. Um, I'll, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get into our favorite bike, uh, stuff a little bit later. Um, uh, Hey Brian, good to see you. Brian Horton was one of my, uh, helpers at our school. He's uh, just joined in the, the group here. Good. We're getting a few people up. Everybody's off work, I guess. Um, missing, missing some of them are Romero's tacos again. Thanks to, uh, Ramero's for letting us uh, kick off this uh, little show at their bar. I, one of these days we'll go back and, um, we just got to you know, like work on the bandwidth and stuff there. This shop uh, actually works out pretty good. I can usually monitor Gabe working on this KTM 200 that I'm trying to, I guess, pawn off on him. He's trying to work it off. He just put the top end back on today. We're shooting a video on it, and now he's trying to figure out where the radiator hoses go, right? He's just laughing. He's he's so pickled right now. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll have you on one of these days. We'll, we'll talk, yeah. and he's shaking his head. Nuh-uh. Yep. He's not even on Facebook, so nobody would see him anyways uh let's see i um so mark uh mark kaplikoff is from Cannon. that's his uh marketing agency i guess you call it um he does a lot of work with l a sleeve and a lot of other industry things i've known mark for a long time uh he's helped me out when i've been doing projects that you know when i was different magazines and things with uh lots of different uh parts from companies that he was working for um used to always be out at Glen Helen um running around there shooting videos and things so we've been known each other for a while um he kind of reached out to me and he said hey check out these baja diaries so he has a youtube channel and that is called uh it's
1: called berm cannon but now i've kind of repackaged it it's berm cannon uh
0: adventure okay so everybody's big on adventure these days i know
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i figure i'm not the tech guy so i you know i just twist the throttle so i'd rather i had to come up with something that i just like to go out and ride my bike
0: yeah you know so if you want to see some actually interesting, it's it's definitely a different way of doing Baja. So I, my Baja experience is really centered more around racing to begin with. Um, I went down there. My very first time riding down there was, I guess, probably the first time was go to Takati Enduro. But then I was able to go down and racing. So it was always racing and pre-running, and that was pretty meticulous and planned out and, and, and well thought out. It wasn't me just taking my bike, running into regular dudes, hanging out with regular dudes, hooking up with other guys that are doing the same stuff. It's, uh, it's kind of interesting stories.
1: Yeah, I mean, Baja is that kind of Wild West atmosphere to it, and there's a lot of guys who, you know, that do the racing thing. Uh, unfortunately, me being a racer, too, I never got to get the permission slip from the wife to go down there and do that race. But all my friends, uh, you know, Colton Udall, Robbie Bell, uh samuels uh now even justin jones is down there those guys i just kind of watch they're kind of like i enjoy you know them racing me watching and then i do all the adventure stuff and try all the taco places and (laughs) you know and the fishing and the surf spots that's uh
0: i mean it's i i haven't been down for quite a long time last my last couple few times down there i had some bad experiences and i decided that uh, yeah, it, I, I've got plenty of stuff to do up here. That's why I moved out to Nye County, which is the wild, wild west. You know, you know what we can do here in Nye County? Yeah. Um, I, I usually mess this up, but I can drive my exotic sports car down the street, shoot <laughs> an automatic weapon out the window with a prostitute in my right-hand seat and sniff coke. Oh, yeah, smoke weed, but then I could also do a little coke, and the only, only one of those things would be illegal. <laughs>
1: good state of nevada yeah no <laughs> what uh tell me your bad experience in baja or the last um
0: year. i got i got uh f- let's see it was we got pulled over by military police no we went through a military checkpoint and somebody planted bullets in the truck really yes and wow. tried to tried to get a bribe out of us um i was asleep when it happened um i was i'd been pre-running it was late at night late late at night that was super sketchy we thought i thought i was going to jail um, and then on the way in through Tijuana and the way out through Tijuana, we got jacked and I didn't have any money on me because I'd just flown back from Germany and they stole or they, they, yeah, they stole, they wanted the team jackets that we were wearing. They literally took the jacket off my wife's back. And I said, you know what, this is, and it was a lot of, there was a lot of threatening going on and it wasn't very, wasn't very pretty. So yeah, not a good, not a good thing. I don't even like to talk about it because I mean the most, the majority of the people in Baja are great people. It's a Absolutely. great place to ride. Yeah. I've, I've met, actually, in some of the events I've been at, I've met some of the guys, the, the tourism guys and stuff, and they're like, Jimmy, come back. And I'm like, you know, I I will when I run out of places up here. That's kind of my theory on it right now. And and I know people have been going down there for years and never had problems, and there's somebody like me who has two or three bad runs, and then it's just, you're a little over it, but um, sometimes that's the kind of stuff you have to... Um, endure in order to get some of the freedoms that you have. And unfortunately, you know, it's like I I think there's you can go to just as bad places here in the United States. It's just I feel like I know the rules. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's it's yeah, it's a a shame. I wish I could kind of go back and do that let's see okay we got some more questions coming here the police did this not just some random people <laughs> my wife said that she was in the car she was <laughs> <laughs> she she was telling me to calm down because I wasn't very happy I I, I literally you know they uh, anyways no problem over it uh okay I had a question from last week that I'm gonna address um San Felipe Bob I got a question from you he, he asked me my three favorite tech tips uh, and I have like hundreds of them, and we're gonna we'll go through one of them later on in this uh, broadcast. But uh, he 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 specifically mentioned the brake back bleeding, which is something that I do um, when my brakes get hot, or you know we've been doing some drills with brakes, and they, you can basically it's really simple um, on on a dirt bike is you can take and compress the caliper. So I usually hold the wheel and use my knee to push on the caliper, and it forces all the fluid out of the caliper and back up into the line into the in back into the reservoir and then you can slowly with big strokes pump it back up and then you do that a couple times and you're essentially like flushing if there's air in there well depending on where the bleed is but most of the time the it bleeds most of the air out it gets all the air out of the line and you have a much more consistent better brake feel so that's uh, number one number two um, a lot of times when I'm tightening when I'm uh, changing the wheel and I want to get the chain tight. I will throw a wrench or a rag in the rear sprocket roll the wheel back and that will push the um, the the um, Axle and everything will tighten it up and pull it up into the chain blocks and then I'll snug the axle down Roll the wheel back release, you know get the get the thing out and then tighten it back up and that just keeps the tension on the the chain blocks and stuff when you're um, you know tightening that thing up and number three, my third tip, and this is, could actually be the most important, is set your sag on your motorcycle. Set your ride height. Learn how to do that. There are 10,000 videos on YouTube on how to set your sag. And, and here's the thing. Just learn how to take a consistent measurement. Um, I've, been told by, I've been taught by some of the best suspension techs in the world, and I've been told by some other idiots exactly how to do it one way or another. And here's, here's the thing. It's not necessarily the number. The manufacturer will tell you how to do it, usually in the manual, and they'll give you a number or a range to set it in. That's just a number, and then from there, understand what the ride height and the you know the attitude, how it adjusts the attitude of the motorcycle and what it does, and then that is a baseline in case something goes wrong. You don't actually need to know the number. You could say, "Hey, I just want more weight on the front wheel. I need to run more spring preload." or less weight on the front wheel i want to take some out and it changes the handling character of the bike but the stock setup is a really good baseline and then if you know a little bit about how much it's sagging versus you know the 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 sag with the rider on it versus um free sag which is just the weight of the bike then you can determine whether you have the proper spring rate on your motorcycle especially with pds and i have a question about that to get to later but um those are some of the things that you want to take into consideration. Learn how to back your brakes. Use use a wrench or a rag to tighten your chain, um, tighten your axle up, and then understand setting your sag and how it affects and makes your motorcycle perform. So, Bob, those are my free three favorite uh, tech tips. So, is Bob in San Felipe? Bob is not in San Felipe. I don't think he's the mayor anymore. I think he's probably been replaced. <laughs> so. Um, okay. Just on, onto the peeps. I, I was joking earlier when I said I was drinking sparkling water. <laughs> um, let's see. We have any other, um, let's see. Answer James Moses's question. Uh, what was it? <laughs> Does anybody remember I which one? What is the optimal tire silica percentage for content for WEC? This guy's just going to ask. I don't know. I'm not a tire technician. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me something that's practical. 2%, I'm getting that from the audience. They're claiming 2% is the proper... Two two, Oh, no, it's two beers. Yeah, that's the proper silica um, thing. Uh, So I don't know if I can help you on those kind of questions. Um, I'm sure they'll just get goofier um, as as Bob starts uh, chiming in with questions and things. What was the question again? Oh, what was the proper uh, tire silica content for riding on wet rocks? (laughs) I I think he's he's playing games. Hey, well, here's what you need to do. You need to find a good tire guy, um, tire uh, technician guy to come in here and talk with us and explain that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, I'd like to learn. That's funny. That way I could just rattle off next time at some dinner party with my wife. You know, she's like, Jimmy, answer this guy's question about tire silica. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay. Um, Mark was also mentioning that he's getting beat up by. uh, KTM 690 and uh, Husky 701 owners.
1: Well, it started from me <laughs> posting. I, I, you know, I had this thing. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna do a bike review, and a that's, friend, a, that's a big mistake. I know, of course. <laughs> and I, and uh, all my magazine guys, I should know by watching you guys get torn apart from letters. And so I decided to do a video review. I spent a weekend writing uh, a friend of mine, uh, Husk Varna. Right? Is that how who's, you pronounce it? So I got torn apart because in the video, you know, I, I don't know. I grew up calling it Husqvarna, right? <laughs> we all did. So this guy doesn't even know how to pronounce and it. And just for two years, so I'm like, I got to do it. I got to just, like, take the beating. I got beat for, like, two or three years on this video. You can go watch it. I mean, it's... Uh, but basically...
0: It's on uh, it's on your YouTube channel. It's
1: on my YouTube channel, and I shut the comments off because I
0: just kind of, like, after two years of it, I was just like, okay, that's enough. No, you got to turn them back on this week.
1: I, you know what? I think yeah, I will. Turn, turn them back on, I will.
0: And, and maybe I'll, I'll take a look at them, and I'll, I'll try to answer some. Because here's something that I actually share with them. I mean, when, when we were kind of joking about this today, it's like, that is a bike, the, this, the KTM 690 uh, Husky 701, is a bike I'm not very fond of. And we talked about it. We I think it has... I think it's a great street going single cylinder motorcycle. Right, I agree. Um I think it has one of the best um you know large displacement uh 600 700 cc, you know 650 cc like an XR 650 which we'll talk about in a second. 650 cc has a great motor. I mean it's got really good power. It's got that big one lunger feel and it and it revs. It it it's zoomy and it goes good. I just think something went wrong in the translation when the chassis started getting built, and then they said, "Oh, we only have this much room for the shock, and we're going to put all the gas up high and in the back." Right, right, right. And 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 if you're if you're over, you know, in Europe, and ninety percent of your riding is on road, and you just do a small amount of dirt, that's going to be a really good bike. I don't think it's personally. I don't think it's that much better than a KLR six hundred and fifty. (laughs) <laughs> which which uh, i in in a, in a it, it well, send the, send the
1: comments here everybody yeah, send the a, comments here that is a
0: that is a comfortable it's a comfortable motorcycle Yeah. in and, and 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 a third of the cost maybe but i mean that's i i used to get in the same battles with the guys that were talking about the BMW F650 they you know because i used to be a BMW rider and racer and and i hated this BMW F650 i just didn't cuz guess what it had the gas tank up high here in the back and it had right. this rotax motor that wasn't nearly as good as the ktm motor and it was ridiculously expensive and it had abs that didn't work very well and so just beating it up but you could just go get a klr and you'd be happy and i mean if i really wanted to go adventure touring on a budget um you know at a leisurely pace really taking the sights and stuff i would have no problem doing it on a klr because it comes stocked with a big giant gas tank true and, true. It, and it's and it's got a mushy seat and, and mushy suspension and it's and, a lot cheaper yeah yeah so 35 horsepower, maybe. <laughs> well, I'm
1: kind of glad that uh, I came here. I drove all this way to for you to kind of comfort me because now I can get back on YouTube and start doing bikes again and not care about the beat down. <laughs> oh, you're going to get it.
0: Yeah, uh, well, so, and here, here's, here's where me and Mark will disagree. Um, Mark's favorite bike in the whole world is...
1: Well, it, uh, right
0: now... You better be well, definitive about this. Don't start well yeah, on me. <laughs> I know, I know.
1: So, I, I, I think... Uh, in this class of bikes, the XR650 is pretty much the best bike right now that you can buy. <laughs> um, can you still buy them? No, they, you can't you know,
0: buy it. No, there's no XR650 well, anymore. Well, I mean, you can no. buy them.
1: when I say uh, it's Craigslist, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, the dealership Craigslist, you can get them. But as far as, uh, you know, and, and this is what I thought, because back just maybe eight years ago, uh, coming up with 10, well, I mean, the bikes were what? Eight years ago, how much were they? Like say for a KTM six ninety or the 690s
0: five, always kind of hovered around nine eight nine, and and the this the XR six fifty I think was seventy five, wasn't it? Seventy five eight. I think it was like it, six. It was six. It was it, it wasn't it definitely wasn't in the ten thousand yeah. dollar range. So I think it's it's a bike that
1: still to this day I even had a guy the other day make a comment like, you know, for the money that you're. Paying for these, you know, like the six ninety R or the seven ninety R that's coming out. Yeah, so, buy that bike. You know, the, oh, the, they're sold out. <laughs> the XR six fifty is still for the bang for buck. You can get one on Craigslist for you know uh, twenty seven to thirty one, uh, and it's a tank. It'll run forever, and you know, and so for uh adventure riding dual sporting if you can get yeah. one that's if you can uh, get street legal yeah yeah so
0: here, here's the, here's the funny thing about that so it's not a, it's not a street legal bike it's a great Baja bike there's no there's no doubt about it I remember when when they started they quit racing the 650 and went to the to the 450x and I, I rode one of the race 450x's and I had ridden a 650 race bike I'm like I just don't like it as much it just it, it was different but then the courses were changing and right other stuff but um I, and I own one. I still have one. It just it's parked right over there. I got a big giant tank on it, and that bike was that bike's made seven or eight journeys across the Altar Desert, you know, which is all sand dunes from San Luis down to, to El Golfo. Huh. And and I used to ride around here. It was Heather, uh, my wife, would ride a lot of times when we would go um, adventure bike riding. I'd ride my KTM 950. She would ride the XR 650, and it was completely capable it would keep up all that stuff but i do not think it's uh my favorite bike i used to like xr 400s and 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 i would tell everybody that's the best bike ever because after 10 minutes and this is this is a true statement after 10 minutes when i'm riding a bike i kind of don't care what i'm on anymore i just i i i try to tailor my ride to the bike i'm on yeah and and you know, I, 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 I kind of understand the capabilities and I don't try to outdo the capability. Like I don't go single track trail riding on my adventure bikes. Um, and I don't take my KTM 200 on adventure bike rides. Right. You know, so it's, it's, so my current favorite bike is, oh, here's, here's where it's going to, I'm going to move my mic out of the way, is my uh, Husaberg 570. That's right there, my Husaberg 570. And actually I'm going to move this way there it is. <laughs> there it <laughs> look at, is. Look at that guy right there. It's, in, it's, in its glory. It's lingering. I have two of them. I got two of those things. Um, and uh, it, the reason it, it's because it has a motor in it that it's like, so it's in that same range too, but it's got like uh, so much more horsepower. I mean, you should see the tire on that thing. The knobs are literally shredded. But what does
1: that cost compared to an XR400? Oh, you can't, you
0: can't buy them anymore. That's how oh, okay. exclusive they are. Yeah. Ah. Oh, compared to an XR 400,
1: <laughs> yeah, because the, the Baja Diaries started with a uh, $1,300 XR 400, and I do agree the the 400 is a really fun bike. The 650 is just that progression of yeah. that bike, and but.
0: the four, the 400 was just indestructible. And, oh yeah, and I used to I used to love it that it just indestructible. I hate it because that was the time when like electric start was coming out, and it didn't have electric start. Yeah, and that's it, it true. wouldn't overheat. Which is always a good thing in the kind of riding we're doing, and then, you know, there's, 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 like I said, there's so many different good bikes. But in in reality, if if you just kind of pin me down and say, Jimmy, you can only have one bike, I basically pick KTM 500 all day really? long. Yeah, KTM 500 EXE comes with a license plate. You know, yeah, it costs ten grand, but I can turn it. I can put a big tank oh. on it, change the gearing, and it becomes an XR 650. And that's why that XR 650 is over there collecting dust.
1: Now, does that include uh, reliability?
0: Uh, one hundred percent. Really? It to to a level I'd almost say it's a step up, and that's it. That's that's going out. How of, is that a step up? Like
1: the, mileage wise, or
0: just? I think it lasts just as long, and 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 it's maybe not as, um, you know, as tank like. But in in a, I mean, I've got tons of miles on both those bikes, and I would say that I've actually worked on the Honda a little bit more. Just doing, okay. having you do little things. My, the Honda tended to overheat a little bit more, but that was before cooling fans were really kind of in, in flavor. Um, the Hondas could be a little bit tough on the clutches. Yes, and definitely on that. It's, and it's a five-speed transmission. Mm. So when we would gear it to do long rides and stuff like that, if we go do technical stuff, which we always ended up doing, you'd be hard on the clutch. And then if you geared it down, then you'd be kind of running it hard. It, you could run it hard the whole time. And I've sucked more sand through both of those motors, the XR650 and the KTM500, than anybody should and they keep running. You know, they they don't do they don't just grenade like some other bikes that you know I've had experiences with. But um what and, uh
1: real quick, the so and then how about long miles, say riding for a couple of days or even on pavement? I mean, uh
0: is the, the so so the KTM when you put the big tank on it and you and if you put a, a softer seat or a bigger seat on it? Uh, and you change the gearing. That's the most important thing. If you if you change the gearing, maybe just up one on the countershaft, shaft. Yeah, it makes the bike feel like an XR650. Oh, it gets okay. that, it gets that kind of lumbery, heavy huh. heavy feeling, and it takes some of the vibration out of, it, especially when the tank's full. I mean, when the tank gets empty, it, it gets very light and agile again. But so it's uh, so setup is important. Yeah, it's like anything. It's yeah. setup. Setup's really important. It'll and it'll never feel as heavy. It's always a little bit lighter and agile, and you can you know it'll. It'll go through the bumps just you know just as good and it'll, you, the, but you, the the KTM you can take it and do more small technical tighter stuff so um, you know and you can put you can put stuff on the you know they they have about the same carrying capacity on the on the back when you're with soft bags and things like that and so I don't know maybe you'll have to try one of these days. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I'm a Honda guy though, you yeah. know, and so but uh, I will maybe I will maybe I'll get one of those.
0: So we'll roll, roll back, uh, roll back into the questions here. See if we got anything kind of popped up. We um, almost
1: have uh, fifty people watching.
0: That's horrible. We're filling this, filling <laughs> filling fill the small little chat room up. It's the clubhouse. Um, I'm gonna scroll back down. Let's see. Um, Heather liked the XR650. My wife's been on here for more than five minutes. <laughs> she <laughs> she hates it when we talk about motorcycles. No. <laughs> um, Howl Raider plated Kalex, Kalex 450. Um, actually, I have some friends that used to have some of those things and they liked them. Those are 650 or 450s. Okay. Yeah. Spencer. Nice to see you, Spencer. Spencer was my roommate uh, back in when I bought my first house back in Costa Mesa way back in the day. He uh, was working at Team Green and he used to bring basically, well, he would take, he'd buy a bike and he'd literally turn it into a factory bike. He had like. Like there was always a K, factory KX500 sitting in our garage. Seemed like most of the time, and then some of the cool bike he had aluminum framed KX250 two stroke, and had, oh, wow. had a really nice uh, KLR650, 650, KX650 650 actually. Um, so kind of cool. Let's see, uh, five seventy. No, Bob, the the bike we rode in that the torture test was actually a Husaberg 650, and that was the old that was the old uh, smaller head um, conventional one. Um, and that, that bike had a motor that was probably th- one of the best four stroke single motors I've ever ridden, especially for a carbureted one. So, um, scroll up AJ missing mammoth already. Are you, <laughs> I got to go actually last week after this show, uh, I literally hopped in my truck and drove up to mammoth and, uh, went, um, snowboarding with jibber J for one day and skiing with, the uh, Ron McCoy, the next day, super, super fun, or in some order, something like that. Let's see. My son wants to know if the TC65 is the same as the KTM65. Probably the same as a KTM250 is compared to a Husky 250. Um, Let's see. We forgot to talk about the uh, XR600. That could have been one of the best bikes ever, right? That's a little out of my generation. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, That's... That's for the guys in the 80s. Yeah, um, let's see. Okay, do you feel your 450X handles different after changing to a smaller sprocket and moving the axle forward due to removing a link? Um, uh, not a ton, but it definitely did help it everywhere. Um, usually when you move, so he's talking about our 2019 Honda 450 CR450X. Um, we went uh, one smaller on the rear sprocket and took a link out of the chain and moved the the, the wheel closer, so it effectively shorted the, shortened the wheelbase. Um, I noticed uh, that Johnny had done that on their race bikes for the Mint 400, and their bikes felt a little livelier, and so I thought I'd give it a try, and for sure it did it did work, um, and it didn't hurt stability, and that was my um, probably... It, actually, I think it helped stability. helped everything. So um, that was my take on it, and it seemed... Excuse me. It seemed like it made... The forks um, a little less picky, especially about kind of feeling harsh. I don't know why, but um, that's that was a good good move. Does the Honda 450L feel a lot heavier than the KTM 500? Uh,
1: it, I, I could chime in on that because I just rode one. Yeah, go ahead. But I haven't ridden the KTM 500, so I'm oh. not going to. I, don't, I you know actually I really Well, compared
0: think that, to your XR 650 it feels light yeah
1: I will say that the the 450L is really really fun and t- to me nimble I was up in uh, Silverwood a couple of days ago and uh, as far I mean there's not real tight technical stuff up there but I kind of was mad and kind of hateful on Honda for that bike coming out because I wanted a 650 <laughs> I wanted a EFI 650 uh, you know
0: I. I... I, I they mm. should they should just you know they really they should take the 650 put it they they should t- put a big gas tank on it take a you from Kawasaki mm-hmm. make it come stock with a big gas tank put EFI on it that motor is fine that motor chugs right along it's so good um, and the chassis I mean it's it's not bad either it's, yeah so but the, I mean with the
1: 450 I I finally got to ride it and I was really impressed I mean it's really light nimble and then you know one thing I thought it was gonna maybe be you know, hindered on was the highway. And I got on the highway and I clicked up gears and it was really, it was actually smoother than the 650. Yeah,
0: there's you know? no vibration in the bike. Yeah. That they, they did a good, a really good job on that um, for sure. So uh, compared to the KTM 500 Honda 450, the Honda feels like it carries its weight a little bit higher and, and it has it like kind of a more, a little bit more of a stable feel, which translates into a little bit of a heavier feel. But I think um i'm trying to think of if whether see i've been doing more back-to-back between the ktm 350 and the honda 450 so and for sure the ktm 350 is completely lighter feeling and everything like that but i think it really depends on kind of the rpm you're riding at um the thing about the 500s has has quite a bit more torque than the honda and so you can run at a gear high and when you're running at a lower rpm the bike actually feels really light but if you're probably riding at the same RPM, then the KTM, um, then the KTM kind of then they're then they're a lot more similar and stuff. But it's uh, it's kind of a toss up. I mean, in reality, um, it's whatever you're going to get used to whichever one. And I don't think it's going to be a, a, a uh, like neither of them have a heavy feeling. That's like a deficit, like an XR650 does.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I still have to get the I have to get the KTM 500 to find that out.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. Am I still running the short intake manifolds on the KTM 90? Uh is it on my 1090 or my 1190 now? I'm looking at the the long ones on the wall right over there. So, I think they're on my 1090 right now. Or 1190. I know they were good on the 1190. Um but um it, they it just makes for me it makes the power smoother and more usable. Are you getting close to getting a Beta 200 RR to test? I sure hope so. Um, Gabe probably hopes so. I just saw him start drooling over there. Slight drool coming out of his mouth. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> so, uh yeah, we'd like to we'd like to get when David Knitson says he's got one. How'd you get one, David? <laughs> um, hey Jimmy. We have the radiator guards and discards ready for the new 450X. Well, I could probably use them before I bend that stuff. <laughs> um I don't, I don't want to say I put some of your competitor's stuff on, or at least the stuff that fit. Um, so, yeah, Nate. Um, I know somebody was going to email me when they got those done. So, San Felipe Bob. Remember that time Spencer and Jimmy Lewis rode? Oh, yeah, I remember that. It's your favorite ride ever. Let's see. Uh, are you sponsored by Pabst? Funny you should ask. The answer is, uh, was was sponsored um by Pabst and since it was in California I, I got wristbands and t-shirts and toothbrushes and and hats and stuff like that but no beer so no these are just what's been rolling around in my cooler and actually if I'll I'll put this up by the camera you if you look closely there this this is a well-weathered Pabst it's the exact same temperature as it is outside right now which um those are the ones that you find under your seat yeah no this 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 <laughs> one's been in a cooler the whole time but um, I should be sponsored by Pabst. Uh, there's this guy named Steve Fisher calling him out right now. Um he said he was he was gonna be my agent on this deal and um uh hey did anybody see me that the King of the King of the Hammers TV show? No, it was on ABC last week. It's a pretty cool little segment, me and Texas Jesus. So they kinda tell our story where I talked about how I recycled the water that I drank in the morning to put in the radiator. Yeah. I know some tricks. <laughs> so um Let's see. Yeah, Spencer remembers that thing. Let's see. Here we go. Jameson has a question. Are the SSS forks, which just talking about the Yamaha forks, work well on RMTB? Uh-oh. He's, I think he's had too many paps. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Are the SSS forks good on a KTM or Husky? What, is somebody doing conversions now? I, I don't yeah. man some some of the okay so the Yamaha forks are really good we've known that since uh, 2005 they've been they've been really good and uh, even they made an upgrade in 2006 I don't think they've changed really that much since then those are that's a really good fork well set up um, but I think the current forks on the new KTMs are excellent as well i mean i don't I, I we just rode some of the factory editions which had the the 19 and a half factory editions have the latest edition of that air fork and those are great the open cartridge stuff on the EXCs is excellent um so uh i would not complain about either of them the one thing i do like about the air fork is they are lightweight light. they're they're really light feeling and it helps the steering feel lighter and all that kind of stuff so do, um, do you
1: think that's done with the manufacturers? Do you think they're done with that whole trying to have do we gone to have we
0: have we gone through another air fork uh, uh, <laughs> thing, uh, like kind of like back in the nineteen seventies, which I don't remember that well, but I was told. Uh, I think I don't know. I mean, I, I just I don't think you can see the 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 way that it was sold. I'm sure the way it was sold to the manufacturers was, like, hey, this is less parts. It's going to cost less money to produce, uh, and it's lighter weight. So this is a win-win-win. And the problem is, is they needed to perform to a certain level, and they got complex, and then and then there was all this. And the first ones definitely had some problems with some leaking, and when they'd leak, they'd collapse and uh, all that stuff. But, I mean, how often do you see a KTM forks collapse these days? Yeah, true. You, you, you just don't. And, and on, think about mountain bikes. Everybody's running air on mountain bikes, and yeah. how often do you see them collapse? It just doesn't really happen that often. So it's kind of a – so it could make a comeback, I think you know as they as they learn how to make it better, but you never know with all the patents and different limitations on what other technologies, um, you know how they, you know who who can do what with what. But I think the market perception, and it was largely because the the journalists and the media just literally just poo pooed it right from the beginning. It was yeah. like it was like they didn't they didn't actually what happens in, in, and. <laughs> Here, 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 I'm going to go. On a, I'm going to go. On a, I'm going to go to tirade here. There we go. Half of these guys should not be testing motorcycles because they don't know anything about what they're doing or what they're testing. And I'm not talking, you know, I'm talking about some of the guys you you read and currently know. If you opened up a clutch and asked them what that is and how does it do something, they, uh-huh. you know, like they 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 don't know how to how to adjust their power valve with the cam chain. It's it's just ridiculous. So motorcycle theory,
1: they don't have motorcycle theory.
0: I don't think they've ever had to work on them. They just ride them and say, okay, yeah. this is good. Ugh. You know, and 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 for some reason, and I was at those intros where the air fork was just confusing and nobody knew what to do, and so they're all looking at each other, and of course, someone like Jody goes, it's bad, and yeah. he does that kind of stuff, and he's yeah. good at it, and he goes. You know and and well, it's not him because he wasn't actually riding the bike, he's having one of his test riders ride the bike, and they may have said it's good, but they decided okay, it's bad, we're going to say it's bad, and it's going to be bad that's the way it is, and then we'll tell you how to fix it in two months, but right now it's bad, and then it'll hey, he, said, he, said it he said it was bad, and it's like, okay, then it's bad and because you don't want to you don't want to be a like on the other side of it now I'm not kidding that there were some issues with some of those things, but they were incredibly adjustable. Some of those forks were as complex and as adjustable with air pressure as works forks. Now I'm not saying that I wanted to fill up 17 different chambers inside of my fork before every ride, <laughs> or check it, or all that other stuff. But they worked good. They they were too complex. Yeah. And, and especially ones when they're starting to get into the three different chambers, that was getting a little bit out there. But now when you have KTM's with a single, single sided, single bleed, and it's one air pressure to check um, you know, they've got it down to where it really works. So that's, that's kind of where, where it goes, but it's when you have guys that don't actually appreciate stuff for how it works. And then, and then they don't even know about whether they just heard about that one guy that, you know, got a, you know, got a flat fork and his bike went like that. And then, you know, just like everybody asks me, you know, about like, how long is my motor, my my Honda's, my Honda's 450L is only going to last 10 hours, 12 hours on a piston. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of some of that and and that's what bothers me um when my colleagues are out not doing their jobs and yeah. not explaining this stuff. So um, you know, no know, know who you're I always say know who you're listening to. And and they, they will reveal very slowly that that they don't know exactly what they're talking about. They're just like they're the sheep following kind of the right. lemming line. And, and it's not to say that their opinion isn't valid. I mean, if that's their opinion, that's great. But when you're making an opinion, opinion or a judgment for, you know, for everybody, um, you know, and, and it'll, it'll all work itself out. You know, if, if, if the air fork's gone, then it's gone. But I, I, I still like the ones on the KTMs. I, I like some of, the, some of the ones that had the three chambers on where I was able to get those things to work really, really well. Um, and I missed the, I, you know, all of a sudden they n- they never advertised the next year they didn't come back and say, hey, our bike gained four pounds. And do you think uh, too is maybe,
1: because uh, sometimes it's frustrating when the magazines test, you know, they're they're doing what I feel is the manufacturer's job, and of course sometimes manufacturers take forever you know, to, to work all those bugs out. Um, but don't you think that, um, well, let me back up. Do you think the manufacturers should do more testing before they, so I, it could be a, a plug and play when they, when a, somebody spends I, that I money think on the bike? We, we got
0: I think that the the, <clears throat> the, the manufacturer is a task with building a bike that's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Now they're, they're tasked with building a bike that needs to win a supercross, win an outdoor national uh-huh. and make an intermediate happy, make a, a novice rider happy, make the guy who's never going to take it to the track happy. And of course, you know it, they they they're they're going to shoot for somewhere in the middle. They've got to. Yeah. And 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 you can't you can't build something that can't be modified to win at a supercrosser. And you seen KTM take a di- different aspect, they build factory edition, which is essentially their production bike, but that's a way to kind of release stuff a little bit early. Maybe true. may you know maybe say hey this is and they sell every one of them. You True. You know, because yeah. and, and because even if you're the guy just going to take it out in the cow trails, you want the one that thing. That's the American <laughs> way. If we could drive a trap top stool dragster to, to to work, you you would hope the light turned red so you could <laughs> use it again. You know, so so there's there's a little bit of that, but then you know it drives the cost in a, in in an upward direction. But I think they do a really good job. I mean, I think of all the bikes that I've ridden this year. Um, the the when we're talking about the emissions compliant bikes, it's amazing the hoops these manufacturers are jumping through to bring us stuff that's really good, right. and 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 there there's they're literally it's jumping through hoops to meet ridiculous regulations and stuff you know in in that aspect. But the then on you look at the competition side when they're going to bring these motocross bikes that are that have incredible power bands and and work work so good and and a guy that isn't you know a vet novice can hop on. You know a, a, a CRF four fifty and feel really comfortable. So, uh, of all these bikes that I rode, I mean, I'm sitting there going, what was the what was the something that was really sort of jacked up? And I mean, the only thing that I would um that I would think was the, probably the worst thing I rode was the the Suzuki arm 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 X arm Z, arm, arm Z The shock on the on that bike is like the only thing I could say because it wasn't it wasn't um, what didn't have, and I forget what it was. I just remember the shock. You couldn't. There was something that wasn't adjustable. I don't know if it didn't have high speed or something on the shock. I'm off the top of my head, I'm not remembering. So why, why isn't this like that? And that was the only thing. And it wasn't that it was bad. Mm-hmm. It was just it wasn't to the same level that some of the other stuff was. And I wanted to change some things because I felt like I could get it to work really good. And it was just lacking this one thing that I knew it was just a couple clicks on any other bike, and I didn't have that option. But
1: well, uh, this has actually sparked a good question for you. Is why doesn't the manufacturers do what the car car dealerships? I mean, there's guys that buy Ford pickups and they get these option packages. Why why don't you think the motorcycle uh, industry hasn't gone into that? Where I can go to ktm i mean ktm is very close to that but with why their can,
0: with the power parts and stuff yeah yeah think, why can't i go I, like i want
1: doing trail make a package for me and then you yeah know.
0: yamaha has gytr and and honda has some well, well some i'm saying they, they make it they, yeah. they oh, actually oh, they, build build it. It yeah, it. Yeah. they build it up well, for I, you well i just yeah. don't think there's the numbers uh, yeah i don't think the number i mean in reality that's where a dealership could really shine you know a dealership could actually take that bike and and you know customize it for you you that's could you could go there and, and do that that's and especially with the the trouble we're having with the brick and mortar shops yeah you know you know struggling for customers and and right now everybody's going on the internet and find the lowest price and then going going to that one but like where you know at some point customer service needs to come in and hopefully those are the ones that are you know shops that are going to stick around but i you know that's a i think that's a but i mean when you're talking about pickup trucks and stuff you know they're they're pumping hundreds of thousands of those things yeah. out and on motorcycles you know if there's if if you're selling four thousand of a model, you're probably doing really really well yeah. these days. So, back to our uh, questions for a second here. Um, Rich wants to know about flex bars. I have never broke a pair. You know, in fact, I've never bent a pair of flex bars. And I, I've, it's funny. We just pulled a pair of of, of uh, some kind of a twin wall, it was an aftermarket twin wall, off of off of a bike, uh, one of our rental bikes that had been crashed the other day. And I was thinking, man, it's been so long since I've bent handlebars, uh, which is really strange. I think the clamps, you know, being some of the clamps are rubber mounted and stuff. But no, I've never, honestly, I've never uh, bent a set of those.
1: I like the flex bars.
0: I love them too. I'm I'm a it's big a good company big, too. Yeah, good company, good people. I have bad wrists, so um, they really help me out. Um, beta. Oh, hey, there is Mark Daniels. Build your own beta. Beta does that? Yeah, they have. A, I, I should have known that. I don't want a beta. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have build your own Honda. <laughs> no, you're. Hey, hey, thanks, Mark. That's a that's a um, awesome input there. Um, the, beta does have that build your own beta program. It's B, B-Y-O, bring your own beer? Really? Yeah. And um, I actually I, that was the the last bike test I did at Dirt Rider Magazine. I think it kind of pissed them off because they they requested to have a bike built and they built it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not the other guy. <laughs> it had a little it came with a little placard with your name engraved on it. Really? Yeah. And it they and so they put all the they put all the Jimmy shit on there, They put flex bars on it, they put a recluse <laughs> clutch in it, um a big tank, you know, all the same front stuff. Front wheel he, drive. No, it didn't have front wheel drive. Yeah. So um are you going to put on another harder duro here in the United States? Um not unless uh I can do it the way I want to do it. And uh, and, that, and how do you want to do it? I want to make it so one rider finishes again, and I want it to be very safe. From um, like, It's not going to be safe if you're an idiot on your motorcycle, but I just don't want you to get hit by a car or a spectator to come and run you over or something like that. I want to make it so it's a ridiculously tough race that you would feel very accomplished if you finished. Um, everything would be rideable. You just have to be able to manage yourself. So that would be... Um, how i would do it and i know what the budget is to do it and i've explained that to um people that kind of have that sort of budget to throw around and there's no interest (laughs) (laughs) so there there's a really good there's a really good place to have it but unfortunately that event is outgrown um having motorcycles there uh when when you know and, and and i'll just say it, the king of the motos um I think it 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 lived its its life. It did it great. It got incredible exposure for the riders. It's it was a built-in package that we stepped into, and it was awesome. And they, I I did not as the promoter of that race along with Dave Cole, we just did not feel safe with the motorcycles having having them out there. We just it just got a little bit too big and out of control. Um, so. This That's is what, because
1: with the with the uh, with the crowd the, yeah.
0: the crowds were growing and the the the, the <laughs> amount of events that were out there the the this just all the stuff that was going on it just uh, kind of outgrew it and and um i'm luckily in our last race i had one guy that finished my course so i felt like i put on a a good race and i don't think i could top doing that again um and so that was it so I, uh, I, I turned into a car racer for one race, and I finished King of the Hammers. I probably won't do that again. <laughs> I don't have – my pockets are not full enough with the thick stacks of cash. Yeah, lots of, lots of stuff. So um, another question um, here from here at the floor. Um, Mitch asked me about budget bikes. I think we answered your question earlier. How about the KLR650, Mitch? XR400. Well, see, guess, guess what Mitch's bike is. Guess. <laughs> yeah, the answer was broke. No, he has he has an XR650L. He has a, actually has a couple of them. So, um that's a oh, that's okay. a that's a good out here uh, budget bike. My current favorite pick for budget bikes and I'm probably going to shoot myself for actually saying this out loud because I'll drive the price up again is any KTM RFS four stroke. Um, the 2000 to 2007 uh, KTM RFS four stroke specifically the 400s are really good bikes. They last forever. I have nine or so of them in our fleet of rentals and every so often i might have to throw intake valves into one of them and i mean what else do we replace in those things anything these guys around here help me work on them all the time (laughs) change tires you know change tires and and that's about it you know if you if you kind of know what to look for you can kind of uh prevent all that stuff but uh that is um that is my budget bike question and then christian ren 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 reniger reniger asked me. Um, his question was kind of two-pronged. He was, he was asking me the difference between KTM EXC and Husky FEs, and more specifically, the difference between the PDS suspension on the KTM and the linkage on the Husky. What do I feel about it? Um, I'm probably one of maybe uh, two journalists in the world that like PDS um, suspension. Uh, I have always liked it. I learned how to set it up. Uh, I don't think that PDS... Will accomplish the same variety as a linkage uh, suspended bike. Like if you're talking about setup, you you actually have to change your um, your PDS setup for changing conditions. I feel and but um, I can get it to work anywhere I need it to, and it's just plain simple. And I like the progressive nature of it. So when you kind of you know figure out your setting and get it all good, I think it works just as good. The old PDS um, when there was not an isolated shock tower made the bikes, especially the forks, feel horrible. And it's just because it, it all the forces were going straight up the center of the shock, right up into the headset, right up into the handlebars, into your hands. And you felt that harshness. And then you, at the time, KTM forks were junk to begin with. But um, it made them feel worse. So the PDS kind of got a bad rap. And there was one year where KTM actually made PDS motocross bikes, um, where they, they had the isolated shock tower, kind of like all of them have now the year before they went to linkage and all of a sudden it got really good, but it was too late. They were already on, they were going down linkage alley and they were hiring riders that were going to win championships and it's all been good. I'm not going to say anything bad about that linkage, but what the linkage does more than anything, I think it kind of changes the flex character um, of the frame and of the swing arm. Uh, I don't think that's the thing. A lot of riders really quote feel, but it's something that happens and it's, I don't, I, I don't like the linkage hanging up on stuff I'm trying to ride over. And most people don't have that problem, but uh, I do, and I like uh, I like my tire hitting the the log or the rock and not my shock linkage. So, but um, in in reality, I, I I think for most guys, you can get them both working uh, equally as well. Uh, it just depends on how picky you are or how much you read those uh, other journalists that <laughs> that <laughs> that don't understand what they're what they they. they It's just easier to say it's bad because it went away for the most part. So I'm sure KTO would love to bring that back, though. You know, it's less parts, cheaper, lighter, all the same thing as an air fork.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I like, you know, I like oil going through my fork. I like the feel of that other than air. (laughs)
0: Let's see. Uh, Chance asked, do I think the SXS, I think it's talking about side-by-sides are good for the off-road community. As a side-by-side owner, <laughs> as long as you stay off of my single track trails, they're fine. Just don't drive them and pioneer single track trails. Leave our single track single track.
1: Side-by-sides have officially killed the quad. Yeah,
0: they, well, I mean, like- I mean, you know what's you know what's I mean, I I I just it's kind of cool to be able to go out and do our sport with someone else. You know, and that's what yeah. you get to, you know, side by side, you you you're out there doing it with somebody else and or carry your
1: stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, carry. I mean, I I I think <laughs> you know, and and uh just I wish people could experience what I experience on a motorcycle and it it's difficult to it's difficult to do. You can't ride double and stuff like that much. Um so now the questions are getting stupid. <laughs> I just saw something <laughs> pop across. It, it's going down. Stupid. It's it, hey, welcome to the internet, right? And, and my wife participating in it, then it's even worse. Uh, so um, the, the the but you know the the fact that you can you know bring more people into it, and maybe that'll put people on dirt bikes or you know families. You know the kids will say, hey, I don't want to ride with you, dad. I want my own. And it's like, well, we're gonna get you a mini bike. We need more kids doing this sport um and i think you know some of these cool little electric bikes that are coming out are going to help that
1: yeah absolutely um
0: you know there's 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 a lot of you know honda's got some new fuel injected uh, little mini bike kids bikes you know gas powered stuff that we're hopefully we're going to get some of those to test real soon just a matter of logistics um so there's hope there's hope for it um hopefully that helps in that in that way um Let's see. I saw another question roll up here. Um, how do I weld the crankshaft on an XR100? Um, I don't weld it. Actually, Matt, here's, here's what I do to get my crankshafts. I use this sp- proprietary rebar that I get at Dave Miller's shop, and you, you wrap it and you kind of do a twist on one end and then a bow tie on the other around the small end, and it's, it's all good.
1: Or you could send it to L.A. Sleeve. They rebuild cranks. That's right. There's your plug.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah good job. Somebody's yeah. got to throw a plug in here. Um, how are we doing on time here? Okay, oh, we got a few more minutes. Let's see. Hey, there's Morgan. Morgan had me on his um, Gospel of Two Wheels uh, podcast, video vlog show thingy uh, last week. You can go check that out. We got in some pretty good discussions. Um, he always talks about interesting stuff on his thing. He's out in Colorado. Has awesome riding and stuff. That's,
1: that's where the real off-road is, Colorado. Oh, yeah.
0: Let's see. Uh-oh, my wife says, see, she says we have a raccoon in the house addict. How do I get rid of it? And now she says she's serious. Um, you, you want me to go get the gun? <laughs> that's, how, that's how I fix the problem. Raccoon soup. Yeah. You know, so that's how you do that. Um. And, uh, so I think we ran through most of the questions here. Oh, I know I had a couple things I was going to talk about, um, new product thing. So this week, um, my good friend from best Rest products, uh, sent me down these fork savers. And it was funny cause he told me about them. And I was thinking of those neoprene sleeves that you, um, you've seen slid over the fork guards and stuff, but I just got them and there. I put them on uh, one of my KTM 500s. It's got like a, like a very tight elastic band up here with silicone in it, and it's more like a nylon sleeve. And it has, on this one, it has a little band where it goes by the disc so it doesn't blow out by the disc. And then it comes with an O-ring. So you you have to take your fork off the bike, and you slide it down there, and you slide this on here, and this collapses it down here. So effectively, it keeps most of the junk um, from getting to the fork seal. And this O-ring is actually pretty tight, so it kind of keeps it you know kind of squeezed up down at the bottom but uh i will be testing these things out he's also sent me these uh googla tech fuel filters uh that are pretty amazing um for filtering out junk if you're going through bad gas mark uh, coming from mexico i should probably uh show you one of those um but uh you can they they slide in the thing and then and i'll go with that on the tech tip here um so that's uh the one of the things we're testing this week uh the, the other thing I was going to talk about, a tech tip, was hand me one of the normal filters. So this is a this is an oil filter out of your out of your oil filter, and this, it's dried out pretty good. And I'm going to show you a tech tip that one of the um, uh, Japanese engineers uh, working for one of the manufacturers showed me how to check the health of your motor. And uh, I'd always looked at them, and a lot of times I flush them. I'll back flush them with contact cleaner on top of a white sheet or a blue sheet, you know, blue towel that I can see. But he said, no, there's a better way. And so what he did was he, he took it and he sliced it with a knife and then sliced it around. So you're rotating around anyways. You can see what it's done. It's, it's actually opened it up. I'm going to get it closer to the camera here. So you actually cut it and hold it off. And it's like an accordion, right? And we see that? So And when you open it up, you can look down in there and you can look into the veins on the filter, and you can see a lot more of the metal particulate matter in the fragments. And if your motor is starting to go south or something in the motor is going south, you will see um, some of the parts there so or some of the, the fragments <laughs> So you should do this on your XR650. I actually just did
1: that a week ago, and yeah. there's nothing. It's clean. Yeah. I changed my oil like every...
0: Did you slice thing? the filter? In no, no, I
1: actually just I spread it like that, and I just look like that really yeah. good.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you, you can literally pull it straight, and it's amazing how much more stuff... I mean, you look at that, it doesn't look that bad, right? yeah. And yeah. then you stretch it out, and you go... Wow okay so what that was is that was uh, a recluse clutch the aluminum parts in the recluse clutch really we're starting to it was one that we it was it was 500 hours on it and it was starting to get bad huh. so that's you know so we started looking for hey wh- what's aluminum you know we saw what's what's that material where is it coming from and it was real easy to kind of diagnose and and check so um, there's your little tech tip um, that's the uh, that's the uh, tech tip. Let's see. let see. We're going to run back through here some of the questions. Um, we can deal with the the thing later. Let's see. Next week on Taco 2, Jimmy talked about how he fixed the bullet hole in his roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Do I have openings in my class this weekend? Yes, I do. Thanks for asking, George. <laughs> I was going to slip my wrist because it was the first uh, non-full class I've had in four years. I figured I'm losing it. So, um, hey, if you want to learn to become a better rider, why don't you come out and see JimmyLewisOffRoad.com. We have classes out here in Pahrump. Uh, uh, I have an excellent curriculum. I don't care what ability level rider you are. We can help with your riding. We teach very simple techniques. Um, It works. Let's see. Let's see. Very good Check tip, checking the oil filters. Let's see. That's cool. Yeah. See, Morgan, you learn something every day, don't you? (laughs) So anyways, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for um, chiming in, asking questions. Uh, Like usual, we will put this up on the YouTubes uh, tomorrow. Edit it down. Um, Throw it up there. If you want to listen to this, Uh, share it with your friends. That's going to... Share it. Yeah, and my wife is a good teacher at the off-road school as well. And she's gonna bring me out a brand new Yamaha WR four fifty, by the way. Nice. Yeah, with the uh, competition ECU in it. So I was gonna have it today, but I didn't get back to California to get it. So that was my uh that was my problem. But uh
1: I have something to give you before we go.
0: So oh. This
1: is a official Berm Cannon Urbanized shirt, which is a series I shot in downtown LA riding the xr 650 are you a hipster this is the hipster shirt is it tight is it tight my... fitting no 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 <laughs> it's uh it's a large yeah it may be tight on you though
0: if you're i got i got big i got big boobs yeah got big boobs so yeah i think awesome thank you mark you're welcome Hey, and thanks if for you, having if, me hey and if you want to um If you want to uh, support Dirt Bike Test, we also have t-shirts, so up on our website, www.dirtbiketest.com. There's a store, you can click it. We have t-shirts, hats, kind of like this. Um, Let's move some of those things so we can get some new designs out there and uh, go check out some of the stuff we have on the website. There hasn't been a whole lot going up there. I'm going to get that XR or the CRF450X. I edited down the photos. So we'll be closer to that. I want to thank Mark for coming in on his trip back. Next time we're going to get him out here riding. Um, I'm going to prove to him the XR650 is not the best bike in the world. (laughs) And uh, we'll go from there. So thanks, everybody, for joining. We will uh, see you guys next week.